Let's jump right into the deep end and admit that we do not have the $1.7 million that most Americans say they need in order to retire successfully with enough money that they are comfortable in retirement. Spreadsheets can tell you a lot. You can work out all the little numbers and, and get it down to the fine detail, but life happens and things just get in the way sometimes that you can't schedule and you can't plan for. Kevin just had a necessary surgery and I just had a birthday. So we're here to open up a conversation about having health versus wealth as a deciding factor for when you should start traveling full time and why. Welcome back to Finding Gina Marie, where we share our lives as full-time travelers and the connections we make along the way. If you're new here, I'm Judy. And I'm Kevin. We've had a rough outline about this topic for a while because it's something that we really think isn't discussed very often at all. I think that many people call us brave and say that, wow, you're just going out there and doing this. We have a lot of good reasons for it, though. And I, and I think the balance is it has a lot to do with our history, with the way our family has lived and died and a lot of the things that have happened in our lives recently that say, you know, this is the right time. We've shared our story in a couple of different ways over the last year and a half that we've been on YouTube. So we're not going to cover all of that, but we'll put a link to some of the relevant episodes uh, just to get you caught up, especially if you're new here. We're going to talk about why we bucked the trend and decided to travel full time. And we'll let you know how that's working out for us so far. Traveling full-time or having this dream of traveling was not always where we were. In 2012, we visited London again, and that's when we started thinking about, could we live in a foreign country? And the idea sounded great. Yeah, we had a very small place we were living in for that short two-week period and said, hey, you know, we don't need a huge home. Look at this. We could stay here, cook here, and just visit the area around us. But we had three children we were raising and my father was living with us as well. I had a job at the time that was my own company. I, I had some flexibility, which is the only reason we were actually discussing this and saying, well, I can do this from anywhere. So if you don't have a conventional job in the US, maybe someday we can do this. And I was working in as an executive assistant, and that's a kind of role that you should be able to pick up anywhere. But practicality just kind of took over and with our kids the ages they were, we weren't brave enough to just go out on a limb and start over. So we put a pin in it. Until the pandemic hit, and that changed a lot of things in our lives and caused us to rethink everything that we were doing. So what were our driving forces that caused us to rethink everything? The first was job satisfaction for both of us right. and shifting priorities. If you followed along from some of our earlier episodes, I'm adopted and I had found my birth family just before the lockdown hit. And when everybody was spending time at home, although there was a lot of work to do, I really was more interested in getting to know my new family than I was in wanting to work 24 seven. And my job had always been something that required me to have round the clock access to the executives I supported. And and for a while that really worked for me. I money it was very work for everybody in the household, but she was happy, right? <laughs> well, I'm a people pleaser and I really enjoyed making my executive successful and happy and um, it was fulfilling. But at some point it stopped being so, especially as I realized I was giving up time of my life that I would never get back. And around the same time, my work wasn't as fulfilling as it was in previous years. 
I wasn't getting the type of things accomplished that I wanted to get accomplished. And a few months earlier, I had thought about starting a YouTube channel. And then in January 2020, I actually did it and found out that that was kind of exciting. I, I felt this creative flow that I hadn't felt before and had this surge of, hey, there's something else I could do. And whenever you get those kind of urges to say, let's do something different, it triggers other things in your life. The other thing we were thinking about was the cost of living in San Francisco. It's one of the most expensive places to live in the country, if not the world. And especially during the pandemic, when we did nothing but live out of our out of our apartment, we weren't really getting the benefit of the city. And we thought, all right, we're 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 making decent money. We're sacrificing an awful lot to do so, only to buy stuff we don't really need and live a lifestyle that we really don't need to be living in order to be satisfied and fulfilled. Yeah, when you're traveling around the city, when you're enjoying everything the city has to offer, and when you're commuting to work, you kind of see, okay, we're out and about, we're doing things, everything kind of makes sense. But once we had those two years plus inside the apartment, we started thinking, okay, we're working to pay for the apartment because it was expensive in San Francisco and it was a really nice place at the time. We were happy with it, but did it make sense to do all this for where we're living? And like Judy said, when you start building the apartment up to make it prettier, put more stuff in it, do more things inside so you feel satisfied when you're there, you start to have to think, you know, what are we actually spending our time working for? Stuff and a place. Also in finding my birth mother, it turns out that I had some eligibility for dual citizenship with Italy. And kind of going back to our desire to live in a foreign country at some point, it made sense for us to consider living in Italy. We both love the country. And so we thought, hey, if we could live somewhere else that would be cheaper and more interesting and would allow us to travel uh, easier than getting out of the US to get into Europe to travel um, Vacations. The vacations were very expensive to fly just to a place that we wanted to travel in other places in that place. So Europe was great idea for us. And the idea of, yeah, if we're in Italy, it's quick access to a lot of other places. It turns out, unfortunately, that it's a, at least a four-year process for us. So we couldn't live in Italy at the time, but it got us thinking. And one thing led to another. And again, we've got episodes about all of this and our process. But we decided that it would make sense to just travel the world, um, sell everything that we own, and use the money that we would be paying for rent, less money, and just travel internationally full time. It meant that we didn't have a home base, but it also meant that we had the world open to us. We felt a little bit okay with this because we had already made a big transition when we downsized from a house in Houston to San Francisco. And like, like you said, we have episodes about that. But the idea was, okay, what if we could downsize again? What if we could, we could really downsize? And really downsize. Really, really downsize. <laughs> and that was exciting and, and terrifying, and but exciting. We thought a lot about how old we were becoming and how old our parents were when they died. My dad died before he reached 61 and your mother died when she was only, what, 56? Mm -hmm. So we were past those ages or get, I was coming up on that 61 mark. And we said, you know, this has, a, this has to be part of the decision process. How good is it to plan for a future life and not have the ability to do it because either your health just gets bad enough where you're not able to get around. You want, if you want to travel around Europe, but you know, you have problems with your legs or your hips or something happens because you wait till you're 80 to go traveling. 
you know, that played into it big time. Right. My mother died at 56, but she was in poor health beginning around 40. And it meant that she really didn't get to do very much of anything physically. And when they did retire, she really only lived for a year before she passed away. And although my father lived much longer, he also had health problems. He had bad legs and yeah. he couldn't get around. So I feel like we've experienced uh, in our families and just people we know and all kinds of things that there's all kinds of unexpected health problems, no matter how healthy you try to be, that just impact your ability to do things as you age. Yeah, I remember when I was a teenager, I looked at my dad's declining health even before he got near that retirement age. And it just didn't look like fun for him hobbling around the kitchen. He was a truck driver and his legs were bad and buffalo winters are cold. So he's always suffering with arthritis and something else. And I said, gee, I don't want to do that. And although I think people are living longer and they're healthier overall right. than maybe the generation before us, but at the same time, you just don't know. And it could be something that you have a chronic problem and you need to go to regular doctor's appointments and just having things monitored, which really, you know, just dealing with even the hernia repair, right. it, it's kind of a hassle if you have to have doctor's appointments month after month consistently and yeah. I don't know. It just makes it hard. Yeah, suffice to say, we were very concerned that we shouldn't wait and assume that we will be just fine whenever we decide to save up enough money to actually retire. And I think that's actually where health versus wealth comes in, is how much money do you have to earn compared against how healthy you trust that you'll be uh, to actually spend the money that you've saved and worked so hard for. Yeah, you always have those uh, spreadsheets or pages on the website when you're looking at your investments that say, what age do you want to retire to? How long do you expect to be living in? You know, so you go up there and you say, oh, well, I want to live to 100. Well, great, but how much of that time is usable? And how much money do you actually need to get out there and enjoy life? You know, could you travel cheaper, we thought? Maybe if we could cut down on some of our expenses, cut down our overhead, we didn't have a home base, okay, we're not paying rent somewhere, we're not spending the money traveling to a continent, we could be in a continent and travel cheaper. It was like, let's do the numbers again, let's keep running them. Well, I think that that's though the whole point, is there's all kinds of spreadsheets for money, but there is, I mean, I guess there's actuary tables, but nobody really can understand them and they're depressing and <laughs> there's, there's so many factors to con consider. There's nothing that gives you the clear cut answer about this is how healthier you're going to be yeah. until X date. And I guess if you knew that you could work up until, I don't know, what, what do you decide? Yeah. So I feel like it just was for us, it just made sense to just say, I don't know how much time and I don't want to find out. Like, here, here's one of the, the sad realities. Um, when I, one of the things that caused me to uh, find my birth mother and do a DNA test, even though I had researched it, I don't know, 20 years earlier, was I didn't want to find out that when I finally got around to doing it, that she had passed away three months earlier yeah. or something like that. So I guess I just didn't want to have regrets that I waited too long. And I felt exactly the same 
when it came to this decision to travel full time. I'll take credit that I'm the one who pushed the idea, but I think you're always a willing participant as well. Partner in crime? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Which does help. Do something crazy? Yeah, why not? <laughs> We're not skydiving anytime no. soon, but. <laughs> really? I thought we had that on the schedule, no? No. <laughs> I think when it comes down to it, you know, the, taking a few risks is necessary if we're actually going to do the things that we want to do in life. And you have to weigh that against your own risks and values and what you want. We had children that were on their own. We had removed some of the overhead already in our lives. And so the only remaining risk was, are we willing to get rid of stuff? Are we willing to say that we believe that we can live cheaper and we can do what we want to do and feel good about this kind of health versus wealth decision process. And I think we made a good decision at this point. There is nobody that is on their deathbed who wishes that they worked more. And one of the reasons it's called a bucket list is it's before you kick the bucket. And maybe you don't have to die, but at the same time, are there things in your life that you really want to do? And is it worth giving up those hopes and dreams and experiences just to have more money because of course you're not taking that with you <laughs> if you die <laughs> so i think when it comes down to it what we were really doing was questioning the limiting beliefs in life and i'm somebody who feels like i have to follow the rules in life and the rules say that you work hard you get a good job and you stay at that job until the government tells you it's time that you can retire and you have x number of dollars probably the 1.7 because i'm gonna follow the rules and and then you then i stepped back and realized who's they and why do they get a say in my life <laughs> and and there are rule breakers everywhere and we've talked about kevin working for apple and steve jobs was the perennial think different yeah. uh, mindset and i think that really the idea was why are we doing things that other people are telling us we should be doing when we only have one life yeah. and by golly i want i personally want to live it the way I want to live it because I don't want to have regrets. And I've always been trained by my life experiences to think a little differently about how you live your life in a job. I know my dad told me when I was a teenager, you're going to have to work a nine to five job. You have to punch a clock. And because I'm that stubborn, I said, no, I'm not going to have to punch a clock. I don't like that kind of, you have to do this. And so I started my first company when I was 19 or 20 years old in college. I didn't wait to punch a time clock, I wanted to do something different. And then I started four more companies because this woman right here is lovely and very nice. And every time I'd say, I think I have an idea for another company, she'd say, go for it. So our, our rules were already bent a little bit. We weren't stuck with the, let's save up money because we didn't do a great job of that. As an entrepreneur, if you've ever started a company, you know a lot of the money you make goes back into it. So our lives are already living a little bit more precariously than maybe some people. And we're not here to tell you how much money you should have no. in the bank to feel comfortable with, because what we're what we've saved uh, through our investments and our four hundred one ks and our other money is maybe not what you would be comfortable with. So. Uh, we don't need to get into the nitty gritty of all of that just to say that it's probably a good idea to question the beliefs that you hold for yourself. So we did some back of the napkin calculations and basically said, if we have this much money and we go for this many years, what could we make happen in that time and what are our options? 
we figured, you know, maybe the creative work we started doing, the YouTube channels, might pay off a little bit if we put enough time and effort into them. And what if they don't? What What's the worst case scenario? Go back to work at corporate jobs? Sure. Or the idea that now you've got editing skills under your belt and right. I've been doing blogging and all of the writing and the experiences that we have. Yeah. There are marketable contract skills. marketable skills that we could be doing. Um, just kind of thinking outside of the box um, that we don't have to be trapped in the same jobs forever. And I'm okay with being told that, you know, there's options, there's ways to get around this. You don't have to follow the rules. It doesn't take much to push me over the edge and say, yeah, I'm sure I can make something happen. I mean, that's why I've been a serial entrepreneur because I always have this undying belief that if I work hard enough, something good will happen out of it. So that's one of the reasons why we said, yeah, let's, let's push this. So now, even though our YouTube channel takes up a lot of time, and so technically it is work, we feel like we're getting so much more out of our community and the relationships that we're building and the experiences that we're having, that we're doing those, we're doing our work alongside what our passions are. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like work. It's not a grind. We're not unfulfilled. And I think that that makes things tremendously better yeah there's no bosses for one thing you know i have a hard time answering to a boss so well he fact, does have to answer to me but well, okay you're a nice <laughs> boss I mean, you make me work hard but i love the creative result i love what we're doing and of course you know you hear that silly thing all the time if you love what you do it really isn't work it's still a lot of work but <laughs> we really love this and we really are enjoying this so if we can make this continue to go forward then that is the fulfillment of you know, we don't need a lot of money. We just need to be able to continue to do the things that we're enjoying doing. And I think that's the key for us. It's not about having tremendous wealth because of what we're doing. It's having the lifestyle we want to live and doing the things that you said are fulfilling us. The way we're living now is doing our work in parallel with all of the cool bucket list things that we want to accomplish. Whereas before, things were happening consecutively and it meant that we were work, 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 work. And especially with my job, I really didn't have the ability to have much of a life at all while I was working. You know, I or didn't when even... we're vacationing. <laughs> or yes, because I was having to work on vacation yeah. quite a lot of the time. So, so it meant that my life was on hold until a date when we stopped working full time. And I really prefer doing it this way where I don't have any regrets. I'm living a fulfilled life and getting to experience everything we want while we're young enough, healthy enough to enjoy it all. It doesn't look young, but it really is. Young at heart. <laughs> she looks young. You actually are young. <laughs> so to wrap this all up, what we're saying is that this is how it's working for us. Everyone's different. Uh, our family is spread out all over the country. We certainly couldn't be in one spot and see everybody we want to see. So for us, traveling didn't really separate that much from family. In fact, we probably see them more because we have to travel through the U.S. to get to other places. And that works out. A lot of people have told us that they have so much family around that traveling would be really hard for them. 
Yes, and I do feel like we it's important for us to see family at least once a year. We probably need to stretch out those trips. Uh, we're in the U.S. right now, but uh, you have to do what works for you. In, in our situation, family right now is quite healthy and everybody is doing well. There's no grandchildren on the horizon. So it made sense for us to not wait around for something to happen or circumstances to change and then us not be able to yeah. uh, go after our dreams. But that's our situation. You know, we'd love to hear your situation in the comments below. How do you feel about full-time travel? How do you feel about what we're doing? You know, what are your uh, aspirations? Or what's your bucket list? You know, we love to talk about that stuff. Wherever you sit on the fence with this topic, we just wanted you to be thinking about health versus wealth because we know that it's not something that's talked about very often or in very many places. And we also have our La Familia Forum. If you go to the link below, you we'd love to have you join into a more robust conversation with our community members that maybe you can't have in our comments on YouTube, but whatever, we're just interested in knowing your thoughts and having you think about this topic as well. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We hope you will subscribe if you haven't already. And check out findgeniumradia.com where you'll find out more about La Familia and the other things we have on the website. Lots of articles by Judy and all our other episodes that you can find and hear about what we did in the past. Until next time. Until next time.